Hello and welcome to episode, I've already forgotten, 127 of Ribbon of Memes. I'm getting the nod there. Uh, of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other Balesic assassins as masterpieces. I am Nick, the uh, innocent young cop of the film, and I am joined as ever by Roger. Just when you think you got out, they drag you back in again. <laughs> well, we haven't actually. We're not actually talking about the Godfather <laughs> on this particular episode. Is that Godfather also to be too? fair? He doesn't really want to get out, but <laughs> I mean, uh, no, it's a good life <laughs> and, and, until your best friend betrays you and shoots you and leaves you for dead. You know, apart from that, it's fine. I mean, that happens in all walks of life, really, um, just with less gunplay. Um, we are discussing a John Woo film. It's actually our second John Woo film. I'd forgotten because we uh, did. Uh, uh, Red Cliff, uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> historical epic. But um, now we are doing his 1986, uh, which we call his breakout film, is that fair to say? Or the one that yes. cemented a lot of his, um, uh, oeuvre. I mean, I think we'll come back to where, where it fits, uh, in not only his career, but, uh, the, this style of film in general. But also, uh, something of a breakout film for Chow Yun Fat. Uh, so. Yes. This is 1986's A Better Tomorrow. And yes. Unhelpful summary. Well, <laughs> cool, cool criminals are cool. <laughs> uh, cool, really cool criminals wear shades and long coats. And if you're a really good criminal, uh, this means never having to reload your handgun. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is it for? Your soul, probably, but you know you don't have to reload that more than once. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the problem it's a problem if you've already sold it. So, uh, in an unhelpful summary, we we have uh, two criminals. They're, they're they're good buddies. They're basically it starts off being a bit day in the life. You know, they're, they're watching a bunch of banknotes being counterfeit notes being produced. Yes, it's a counterfeit counterfeit. Uh, are they a triad gang on Hong Kong it, in Hong Kong? It, it's never mentioned explicitly, but yeah, I mean, they, they have Hong Kong dollars and they, uh, and they are by buying stuff I mean, to de- dealing with other overseas criminals saying here, here are these counterfeit notes, which are really good. And we, we will buy your product. Yes. And some for himself. Uh, of course, one, one of them has a kid brother who's training to join the police. That's not good. Well, well. that's awkward because his brother's a criminal. Not that this produces any family tension or anything. Uh, fortunately, I, I'm not, lying. Fortunately, it produces a lot of family tension. It's basically the whole plot of the film. Um, <laughs> we, we are, I mean, this is the first time, honestly, that I've seen much of Chow Yun Fat, who, uh, you know, we're talking about breakout things. This was really his star making. Film and I can see why because um, he is cool in this. <laughs> he is cool in it. I mean, he he does wear glasses and a trench coat. Isn't it? Isn't it quite warm in Hong Kong? I I thought it was sort of subtropical climes, but yeah. But uh, you got 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 to make sacrifices for art. Okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he 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 is uh, Mark uh, Mark Lee, I think. Uh, yes, who who's really not the primary character. Um, this this is. Not Chow Yun Fat the star. This, this is, you know, he's still he's still a jobbing actor rather than a guy who will anchor a film on his own. Yes, he's um, very much a supporting uh, role in this one. But uh, yeah, he he's the guy who's 
basically st- staying in. Uh, Sun Tseho is, I guess, our protagonist, he, and he's the one with the brother, uh, Kit. Uh, yeah, who is um, Leslie Chung. Uh, yeah. uh, and for the uh, sake of my sanity, I'm going to call them Ho and Kit, which yeah. ho- hopefully is, is correct. Uh, Kit is the young um, cop, and Ho is the older um i'm not more cynical but um but older well just older really <laughs> older criminal yeah i mean as as far as we have a hero in this uh it, it is probably how we, we we primarily follow him yes um but anyway so we we've established you know the, these guys are cool criminals um the the triads yeah i i think it's mentioned as triads uh try to kidnap ho's father um so that's, well, yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to be honest that uh, I uh, I found this movie quite confusing, um, and I don't know quite why because I kept sort of kept rewinding it and rewatching, and it all seemed to the the individual scenes made sense, but the linking between them, I don't, well, that's not quite true. Um, well, let, let, Ho, let's, let's let's start with Ho, Ho makes the fatal mistake of. Talking to his brother, who's, who's saying, leave, leave your life of crime. Uh, who, and, and he says, yeah, okay, I've just got this one last job. Yeah. <laughs> one last job, which would have been a good uh, name for the film. So also, they go, have you seen this photograph of my family? <laughs> <laughs> they go over to, and it's not um, him and uh, Chow Yun-Fat, it's him and uh, Xing? Xing. Or Dan? Yeah, Xing, who is his uh, partner in crime. Another as far partner as we know at this point, yeah, yeah. Just another Hong Kong criminal. And they are in, and now I think they are in, is it Taiwan where yeah. they go or is it another? Yeah, so they head off to Taiwan for this deal, which for reasons that really weren't very clear to me, goes south very quickly. Well, and at the time it's not clear to them either. But yeah, they, they are ambushed. The, the cops have been um, briefed. Uh, it, it all goes to hell. Uh, gunplay happens. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ho I mean, bravely. Every time we pause for breath, just assume gunplay happens. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what say. Um, we'll talk about the gunplay in a little bit, yeah. but if we make a bit further through, because this isn't. So I mean, this so scene ho, ho there's and, a lot ho of shooting. Ho and are stuck in a sewer tunnel. Yes, um, and Ho nobly surrenders himself to the police so Shin can get away. On the basis that he was going, he was going to get out of it anyway. One of them can get away, and so on. He he is in prison. Flash forward three years. Well, well, this almost. is where th- this is again where I started. One, I wasn't quite sure what had happened. I didn't understand that that was an ambush that had been set up. Uh, I couldn't quite tell. Had just something gone wrong with the deal? Why did they all pull guns on each other? Why did the police suddenly arrive? So I was a little confused at that well, point. Well, we'll come back to that later. There, there is a key exposit that happens later that explains this, but it's not a very um, I, 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 I was looking out for it because I, I had seen this before and I, I had some trouble working out just what that moment was. So. <laughs> yes. And I, I don't know the way the film's done. It's not clear. It wasn't clear to me that Ho was confused about what had happened. I thought everyone else knew what was happening and I didn't. So I wasn't really looking for an explanation because I wasn't sure the film would give it me. Um, but anyway, but so, then, so now we, now we got on to kidnapping Ho's father. So basically, yes. we, we need, we need Ho to keep quiet in prison and we can't just murder him for reasons. Uh, 
Well, that was also a bit unclear to me as quite why this was happening. Uh, but having, uh, and I'm afraid I did, uh, not that it's badly translated my version, or I think it's genuinely just a little confusing. I, I, I think. think that part of this is it, it's coming out of a tradition of, um, films about criminality. Uh, yes. it, it is in fact a remake itself, uh, a 1957, uh, translated as the story of a discharged prisoner. I've, I've not seen that original. Um, but it, it, it's much more popular than the story of a prisoner's discharge, which was um, a bit specialised. Carry on, yes. <laughs> uh, but I, I think story of yeah, Al Capone. J- just as a bunch of us uh, will, will say, you know, this is this is the same story we've seen a bunch of times before. I, I think mm. this would have been at least familiar shapes and tropes to the primary audience. Whereas one of one of the reasons it was successful in the West was it wasn't really quite the sort of thing that people were used to. No, I, I think it, it's interesting. Uh, I, I don't want really to go on about the plot being confused, but it's a, it, it's a shame in a way because actually the, the meta plot is pretty simple. You know, we've got a brother who's a cop, a brother who's a criminal. They are forced into blows. The, the criminal's trying to go straight, the brother. I, um, yes. Well, basically everything we've said so far is set up for that because the next thing yes. is, you know, uh, the brother's father, who is elderly and slightly infirm, is is um, well. They they start to kidnap him. Um, he, his girlfriend that goes south. Yeah, um, he, he's uh, so Kit's girlfriend is there, and sadly, one of the few people in this film who is not an expert fighter. Um, <laughs> yes. But Kit is also there. Um, but sad, sadly, Dad is collateral damage to the extremely energetic fight in their apartment. <laughs> with yes. his with his dying breath, he says, "Don't blame your brother for his criminal life." Kit probably Fort- blames his brother for his criminal life. <laughs> um, and so then we uh, we don't quite fast forward uh, three years because well, we, we then what, have what Mark has been up to. Uh, yes, who who was not not on the Taiwan thing? At, well, I think he was, but he, he um, anyway he, he wasn't he, at the ambush. Well, yeah, he wasn't ambushed. He got he got away from that. He he tries to find out what happened from from the Taiwanese mob, and, and in a it's not going well. Though, honestly, a... I think it probably goes the way he expected it to. Um, <laughs> it he, goes he, down. He shoots the guy who planned the ambush, and his buddies, and his bodyguard, and uh, everyone in the room. But in the process of getting away, uh, his, his leg is badly injured, and he needs to walk with a leg brace after this. This is one of these, uh, he's loaded it with a plot bullet, which means instead of the one, the bullets that you shrug off uh, and don't worry about, this bullet actually has long-term consequences, so uh, they're quite hard uh, they to, to hold of those. You know. There's at least one of those, yeah. But um. Okay, so now, now we flash forward three years. <laughs> <laughs> and now we we are getting. It feels like a bit of a convoluted setup for this fairly simple story that the the uh, kit has now graduated as a cop, a detective. I don't know quite how Hong Kong police. Well, I was assuming uh, it works similar to British police. Um, uh, well, it, it was ba- it was the the uh, it was based on that originally. I think I think it's developed in its own directions even even before. Um, th- this is obviously well, before reunification. Well, uh, that I find uh, it's a. It's a shame to say, I find just seeing Hong Kong in the 80s, it's a little depressing considering what's happened to Hong Kong in the last few years. Um, but that's by the by, I guess we're not here to talk about <laughs> reunification. Um, I don't, I it, don't think there's a lot to say, to be honest. I mean, it's kind of obvious. It, well, anyway. yeah, yes. But it was interesting watching a film, um, 
that's very obviously uh chinese um it's uh you, you know we've got all chinese uh well, we've got all hong kong actors here we got um sorry it's not chinese it's hong kong um but it's it feels very western um mm. uh, not presumably not what hong kong feels like now but it feels a very western the streets are very western the way people talk the clothes they wear the kind of jobs they're doing it's all very westernized yeah and honestly i i suspect though that if you had um a western version of this film it would start here which is where ho is coming out of prison uh, not to its detriment, I don't think. I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't take that long. I mean, the film is only, what, 90 minutes, I think it is? Yeah, 95, uh, I think. Total, probably but, sort of 20 minutes in by now. Hmm. I didn't actually check. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it would have been easier to start here. And then they could have explained that backstory, you know, uh, in, in, there are ways of cramming up exposition in that doesn't ruin the film. Uh, see the hmm. Terminator, for instance. But, uh, so the first person he meets, I think we haven't seen at this point. I can't remember exactly where we introduced him because we see him in two uh, different yes. contexts and that's actually quite important. Uh, but he, he, he meets a guy who's basically saying, Hey, jo- come back to the trials. We got, we got a place for you. Yes. Uh, and he says, no, no, I'm starting a new life. Um, I've, that, that's all behind me now. No, 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 really it is. Um, <laughs> clearly has a certain amount of trouble. Um, Getting a job, he is an ex-con after all. Uh, eventually winds up at, at a taxi company where they're all ex-cons, so that's They're okay. all ex-cons, yes. Which is, I mean, it's nice, it's a nice little bit. Um, yeah, we, we, we've got Ken the boss there and he's, he's basically saying, yeah, I'm an ex-con myself. I got, I got lucky, so I'm, so I'm trying to, you know, spread that around by employing people who can't get jobs elsewhere. Presumably yeah. it also makes them quite cheap, but yeah, shrug. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he's he's still doing some community um, uh, spirited work, and and here it starts to become quite obvious as to where we're going. Really, these two brothers are on a collision course. There's a moment when Kit spots Ho. Um, well, hang on, hang on though, because we're we're not back to the brothers yet, because we we've got to see Mark again. Uh, oh yes, rat brackets. Yes. Uh, he he's stated the criminal life as far as they'll let him, but he he's he's basically their their um, ob- object object of derision. Yeah, he, he, this... he's allowed to polish the car window just before they get into it, that kind of thing. In Again, I was a little confused well. here. Is this entirely because he's got a bad leg? Yeah, I and mean, basically he, he's useless as a criminal. Also, Shing seems to be in charge. Yes, Shing, who uh, escaped, uh, that who Ho uh, let escape, so he would he would get um So Ho would go in prison. Shing escapes and is now uh he's not quite in charge he has got a boss but he he, yeah. se- he still seems to be uh, he, calling he's the basically shots. Where, where, where those two guys used to be more or less mm. and yes. it, it's it's pretty much you know he he has got rid of uh mark using using his injuries excuse Poor Mark. See he is he is really, he, I, he does a good bit of I'm a cool criminal oh no no I'm a sad criminal Mhm uh so then, then he goes to see his brother, and uh, strangely enough, his brother is not happy to see him. Uh, violently unhappy to see him. There's, uh, there isn't gunplay here, but there is punchiness. Yeah, um, actually, um, it's I, there's a contrast that struck me here because we, the the previous thing we had um, was the fight in the flat, where mm. dad, dad is getting killed, and that that, yes. that is. Uh, I mean, we, we have dad, we have girlfriend as essentially obstacles, 
but we we have two really competent fighters fighting really competently. Yes. You know, um, it, it's very technical. It's very, we know exactly what we're doing here. We're going to use the various stuff lying around the flat as weapons. It, 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 they both know they're, they're experts. Whereas here we've got this completely unscientific brawl in the rain. Neither of them is yeah. really trying to hurt the other. They probably both could if they wanted to. But they're just I mean, Hogan really particularly is, is holding himself back. But, um, yeah. yeah, yes. And Kit, Kit is really sad and angry much more than he is. I actually want to hurt this guy. Mm. Uh, so it's all very sad. Um, Shing, meanwhile, is deciding that if, if Ho is going to be on the streets at all, he's going to be on the streets working for him. Yes. Uh, also, he wants to expand into, into drug trafficking, which, unlike counterfeiting currency, is actually evil, according to the ethics of this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's some sort of Tarantino-esque, um, or I suppose Tarantino is, is lifting this kind of ethics of... Um, I don't know, cool is the ethical choice generally. Mm. <laughs> um, so so ba- yeah. basically, you know, Shing has all the criminal resources, so he, he gets people to beat up the, everybody at the taxi company and do some damage there. Uh, he gets them to beat up Mark. He, he lures Kit, who is frankly not a terribly good policeman, into a trap. No, he's a uh, Well, part, part of Kit's problem is um, that they're not letting him do the important detective stuff because they think his brother might be involved. Yes, um, and they're right, and they should. Well, yes, but <laughs> but, the, but I mean, this is but this is obviously my... also harming his career because this this is you know the big thing that's going on, and and he's being left out of it. And I didn't he, he, by this stage in the film, and and really all the way through the film, I never really warmed to Kit or the actor who played Kit. I, mm. I wasn't really on board with. I mean, he's he's got a hard role to play because he's kind of the. Uh, he's he's the goody, um, but but he's, but he's also play. the kid brother who makes a lot of mistakes. Exactly, yeah. So he, he's got a hard role to empathise with. Um, uh, whereas Ho um, is well played as kind of I. It, it, it's hard not to have a soft spot for the kind of a criminal with the heart of gold. I know there's dubious ethical things here, but but he's clearly got a lot of heart, and um, he gets his own um, saving the cat moment with. Uh, with, uh, Shing, but, um, uh, Kit never gets anything like that. Consequently, though, because he is a bit whiny and a bit impetuous, and he's always, he's, he's like trying to be the dirty Harry going into his boss and saying, I'm gonna do it, but it's clearly his boss is just like, no, stop, shut up. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, you're too inexperienced, and, and kind and of, and he's actually right, unlike every other film ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so it's a bit harder to warm to Kit, uh, in this way, particularly when we know, uh, you know, Ho, is doing his best and he's just he's an honest criminal he's not one of those criminal criminals he's an honest one he's just trying to get out of the game yeah i i was reminded of robocop you you remember when uh clarence is going going to uh ocp headquarters and you know just ca- casually i guess you would call it flirts but it's but it's clearly a power game with the secretary there yes and we've got a similar thing here you know i i i am i am um talking sexy to the receptionist, not because I'm seriously wanting to get into bed with her, but simply because she's there and I can, and I'm not yes. going to have any comeback for it. I but, mean, it's more unpleasant that, in Robocop, because it's quite an aggressive, borderline yeah. abusive thing. But uh, yeah. but but here, similarly, I mean, she she's not interested, but she can't get away, because her job is to sit behind that desk. Yes. Um, but apart from that, 
And I don't know how negatively that's intended to be seen, whether, or whether it's just intended to be, you know, these cool guys can get away with this stuff. This is 1986, mm. after all. They, they don't seem to do a whole lot of criminality in the sense of being unpleasant to people. No. I mean, presumably that, that, that counterfeit money is going to go to no good, and the stuff they're swapping for it is, is going to go to no good. But, you know, we, we don't see them, uh, well, unlike Shing, beating up cripples in the street. <laughs> Well, it's, yeah, they're, they're, it's that weird dichotomy that a lot of these kind of crime films trying to get in that, like, actually, these, these criminals are all I know they are basically <laughs> victimized. There's no such thing as a victimless crime here, but as much as there can be, they're, they're the good guys, um, and the cops are, are wrong to, to criminalize them. Look, the, the uh, cops should, should concentrate on the, on the important, uh, criminals who are actually mean to people. Yeah, on the proper ones like Shing, <laughs> and not, not the good ones like Ho. Um, but anyway, so yeah, ba- basically, uh, all, all this stuff is piled on Ho and, um, Mark is eventually persuaded, able to convinced, able to convince him that, no, look, they're just going to keep doing this. Shing specifically is just going to keep doing this. Yes. Got to do something. So Mark steals the, well, let's face it, the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin. I mean, it's, 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 it's 1986. It's the songs. amazing power of mag tape. <laughs> Yeah. Uh and he walks into this uh well th- this is quite a good scene really where he he, uh, he limps into this um uh, uh oh, I don't know, it's like a weird criminal office um where mm. all the criminals keep all their data um and then shoots his do. way out with the uh with the data tape um with the MacGuffin. Um uh, so that, that there there is the thing that can be ransomed back. Uh then they discover it was actually Shing who set up the ambush in the first place. And that, that yes. this is the thing that was, I mean, it's there, but it's, it's not straightforward as it might be. I mean, I'd got by this point, Shing was the baddie. Um, I can't remember if he's killed his boss by this point. I think he, he's about to. I right? know uh, that, that's the next thing that happens, but, uh. But I, I'd got that. I didn't quite follow. I, I did when I read the Wikipedia entry, <laughs> the summary of it later, but I, I didn't quite follow it during the film, but, mm. but it didn't seem to matter. I knew who the good guys were and the bad guys were. So yeah, th- this point, Shing, Shing shoots his boss and tells everybody, yeah, you, you, you guys saw Ho do this, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boss. We did, boss. Yeah, we, we don't like being shot ourselves, boss. Um. So Ho and Mark are, are, are trying to ransom the tape back from Shing, basically saying, give, give us money and a, and a boat off the island. Yes. Uh, but in fact, are making sure it gets passed to Kit, who can theoretically use it. Ah, so the, by now we have noticed that the guy who met um, Ho when he was coming out of prison is, is also, also one of the senior cops. Yes. And th- this is another thing I like. He, he, it's, he doesn't have his o- ominous music sting to say this is a bad guy. He, he's just there in the background of the police scenes, and he's saying things which, in, at least sometimes, are quite sensible. You know, yeah, maybe these guys shouldn't be our priority. Maybe we should concentrate on those guys or whatever. It's nicely slotted in. I agree. He's, he's but, not but like we have seen the him. criminal senator, senator Palpatine behind it all. But he's he, even though he kind of is the puppet master in a way, he's done subtly. Uh, so there, there is, there, there is a handover to Pier. Uh, uh, surprisingly, this goes south. Mm, I, I'm sure that wasn't expected. Uh, but basically Mark gets away in the boat and Ho stays behind. Uh, then Kit turns up being, being, being all gung ho. Yes. It doesn't go well. He's, he's now a hostage. 
they, then they'll, they'll exchange Shing for Kit and... Mark, here's some gunshots, turns his boat around. Yeah, the, the negotiation get, get, turn, gets a bit shooty. Yes. Yeah, so Mark brings the boat back. Um, oh, back he would have made it if he fight. hadn't turned around. <laughs> and this uh, this is really, I, I don't know, for me, this final bit, and it's clearly kind of set up for it, this is the John Woo I'd been kind of waiting for for the. I mean, there were there's lots of gunfights and lots of uh, most notably artistically, I guess um, the two scenes with um, Chow Yun Fat, which is one where he goes to the Taiwanese. Is it a restaurant? Um, mm. but, uh, and the other one where he goes to the computer tape warehouse. Yeah. M- M- um, Mark, Mark is actually doing stuff a whole lot more than Ho. I mean, Ho is being yes. portrayed as a reluctant hero. Mark yes. is the guy who's, who's, who's saying, yeah, look, this situation isn't going to stand. If you just sit there taking it, you're going to, you're going to take so much that it's going to do, do for you. I'm going to go and, you know, kick, get things moving, kick him off. Well, that's why I suppose, as an aside, his character, I just didn't quite buy how, you know, his character journey from cool doer to a car, car polisher down on his look, hobo kind of, uh, hmm. back to cool doer again. The journey just didn't, with that character, I didn't feel like he quite pulled it off. Cause yeah. he just, he never felt like he'd end up that way. Uh, but anyway, then we, there, then we there do have this fight. very cool bit of gunplay, um, uh, Ho, Ho and, tries and, to make peace with his brother again in the middle of a gunfight. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but then, then, after then a bit, Mark again. Mark, give, give, Mark give, gives his brother his, a good, good talking to, which sorts him out. He does the thing. Then, um, uh, of course, he's done all his plot requirements, and it's now. Uh, meanwhile, the, the villains are loading up their plot bullets, and so, despite having been shot a number of times before. Um, the the bullet that hits him in the back this time is a plot bullet, and therefore um, he dies. Mm-hmm. And so but he does uh, get a pretty good um, send off. By by this point, the police are starting to turn up, and Shing uh, basically says, "Well, you know, you guys can't do anything. I, I, I'm going to. They're going to arrest me. I'm going to. are going to arrest all of us. I'm going to be out of here in ten minutes. Um, ho ho ho! Fine. What are you going to do? Uh, to which the answer, too heavily odd. <laughs> to which the, the answer is, uh, well, Kid obviously can't do anything because he's a straight arrow cop. So, so he hands his gun over to Ho, who who can shoot Shing, and then say, uh, "Shrug, oh dear, I shot somebody. You better take me back to prison." Yes, yeah, um, and surrenders to Kit, and that's um, well. So uh, he he then handcuffs him himself to Kit because Kit is trying to, having reconciled at the last moment, obviously. Yes, he's, he's yes. trying to say, "Okay, now now run away," um, and, and and I'll explain it all. But he's saying, "No, no, I've got I've got to got to give give them somebody to blame." Handcuffs himself to Kit. And they, they start walking towards the police and film. So it, it's my, um, I've always been a little dubious of these kind of gun fu films because I, I was never quite sure whether I don't, I mean, the closest the, the, I've this come is, to I gotta say, them. the Ur gun fu film. I mean, there had been yes. films with gunplay, obviously, but this was, this was the one that really codified John Woo's style specifically, though obviously a lot of people imitated him. Well, you know, we've seen The Matrix, which does this, mm. but um, The Matrix, uh, I, I, the first film, I think, does it phenomenally well and yeah. uses its special um, uh, license. Uh, what I like about The Matrix is there's actually an excuse for these superheroes and the fact that they can keep shooting without them and the fact that they can just be ridiculously over the top because <laughs> they're in a simulation. Um, but it's uh, here, it's, it's kind of fantasy gunplay and there's nothing nothing really realistic about it and it's all 
I don't know, it's not quite, I was, I, I thought it'd be more artistic. It's really well framed and it's interesting and enjoyable, but uh, it, it's not quite as balletic or as artistic as I thought it would be. It, yeah, I think it's getting there and, and some of the films that followed up did this more so. I'm, I yeah. abso- absolutely agree with this. This is clearly one, this sort of thing is clearly one of the inspirations for the gunfights in the Matrix. Yes. Uh, Though they had, they, they had more money for special effects in general and fewer money for lots and lots and lots of squibs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, it feels like this is, I, I haven't seen it aside from Red Cliff, which isn't quite so heavy on the gunplay. Um, I haven't seen many other John Woo. Uh, it feels like here he's kind of polishing his craft or learning it rather than he's mastered it. Is that fair to say? Mm, well, th- I... this is the one, I and mean, he, he's at this point, he has made a bunch of films essentially to other people's specification. Mm. Um, he, he's being, he's making, been making martial arts films, uh, and so on. And he, he, he basically finds himself burned out. And he, he, he then runs into Tsui Hark, who provides the funding for this, which is the film that Wu has always been wanting to make. Right. And it seems to be applying martial arts film sensibility to gunfights. Mm. That's the, how we're doing it here. We're, we're, with the, the, the gritty street feel as opposed to the slightly polished feel of a martial arts in, well, particularly a martial arts film that's in, in a, in a historical slash fantasy kind of setting. Right. Uh, and that's the thing. It, it's difficult to see from this distance. It, it, it's a bit like reading The Lord of the Rings now. Mm. It, it's hard to remember that this was very different from what people were seeing before that. And particularly when this sort of broke out to Western audiences, it mm. was um, very different to anything. Um, uh, uh, it's tricky for me because I, I, I've slightly avoided a bit. You know, we talked about Halloween a while ago, and I, I'm not a huge fan of slasher films, and that's kind of the uh, slasher film mm. in that. Much like this, it's not the first film ever to do it. But it, it's kind of the one that collects all the things that are then imitated ad nauseum. Um, uh, I, I feel like a better tomorrow. It's got plenty of heart. You know, it's a really passionate film. Um, and Ho is, you know, is really desperate to be a very good character. Uh, and I, I sort of warm to him. And of course, I like Chow Yun Fat. Um, I, uh, I, I think he steals the film to a large extent. That, in some ways, part yeah. of why, why it feels a little uncomfortable. I, mean, I think the film's trying to say, you know, look at Ho, he is the conflicted hero. Yes, but and most then, of the time you'd rather Mark look at Mark. Mark is getting stuff done. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting talking through the plot, as you say. There's very little what we said about Ho. Ho's very good at standing up and saying, all right, I'll take the hit. It's me. Um, but he doesn't actually start these situations, and he's mostly trying to get out of them, whereas Mark is the one driving a lot of it it's interesting we said he's a side character but when, whenever we talk about anything any plot that needs resolved it's, it's basically mark that does it um which might be one but he also does it very cool i mean there's nice and again these must have been tarantino influence you know the scenes of these um an influence for tarantino i mean there's scenes of these cool gangsters just kind of chewing the fat um and just talking about cool gangster things and just looking Cool and and being honest, and, and we're and, sitting at the bar talking about that that time when, when I had to drink pee and all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah exactly that that felt very Tarantino uh, a few years before Reservoir Dogs. 
So there, there, there was a sequel. Well, t- there were several sequels, uh, and a number of remakes. There was there was the actual sequel, which which came out the next year, uh, where you'll be glad to hear Kit dies. Uh, uh, but um, it turns out that um, uh, Mark has a, a hitherto unmentioned twin brother. I gather, as you do. As you do. I mean, it's one of those where they realised he was the, the main, uh, the main hero of the film. And, um, uh, so there was, there was a, then, then a prequel, but, uh, John Wood fallen out with Sui Hark at this point, so Sui Hark directed it himself. Um, then, let's see, uh, John Wood went on to make, well, with Chow Yun Fat, A Better Tomorrow, The Killer, Once a Thief, Hard Boiled, all, all of them definitive mm. works of this genre. Um, Bullet in the Head was his unproduced screenplay draft for A Better Tomorrow 3, which he then made as a, as a separate film. Oh, I see. Okay, yes. Uh, after that, he, he went over to Hollywood and, well, he made, uh, what was it, Hard Target? Which we mentioned in... We mentioned Broken in Broken Arrow as well? Some some fairly forgettable... Yeah, I mean, Hard Target American we mentioned action very much in passing when we were talking about The Most Dangerous Game, because it's The Most Dangerous Game. <laughs> Uh, yes, Ed Luciana with Jean Claude Van Damme. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, mm. it, it, it's it's a very good film at showing off Jean Claude Van Damme brackets martial artist. Yeah, the, the guy, the guy's got the moves. He's yes. not the world's best actor. Uh, <laughs> it, he was it, very it, good as the predator. I'll give him that. <laughs> and yeah, th- this is not the sort of thing that I expect a director who who is revolutionized genre to do but yeah shrug then then he did the mission first mission impossible and it's, that's the it's, last one i watched actually it's not his fault that that film completely misses the point of what mission impossible is about but <laughs> well no, it's done all right what are, who are we to say i mean it's, it's become its own thing i suppose but i did it didn't work for me no well yeah i mean this is a film financing thing. They, they, they use the name in order to get the positive associations. Film financing is, is a black art. It, they, they, yeah. Yeah, nobody who's involved in film financing can tell a good film from a bad one. I, <laughs> I think, not. I think is what's actually going on here. And so, so they would say, you know, we've got this actor, we've got this plot element, we've got all these things that, are, that individually get a positive audience response. And so we'll make this film that has lots of them. That's why you get so many remakes and sequels and things. And films like, Battleships based on a, a board game. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that films based on board games are always terrible. Pirates of the Caribbean, surprisingly good. Not, uh, not that, that no, that, was, that was based on an amusement park ride, to be fair. Yes, yeah, not a board game, but, <laughs> you know, similar. With, with a director who'd only previously origin. made music videos. I mean, it, it shouldn't have worked. But anyway, uh, in, in spite of all that. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's done, done a bunch of stuff that, frankly, I wasn't wildly impressed by. Mm. Well, how do you feel about um, uh, about it tomorrow? I, for me, it's interesting. It's not really my. I love. I do like Tarantino, and I can see the DNA of this in there. I, d- I don't really like gun fu particularly, and this hasn't sold it for me. Um, how, uh, it's well, ma- not I, I ma- do like gun fu, but I think other films have done it better. Um, right, both in terms of the action. I've got to say, the fights here are gorgeous. Yes. Um, as you say, perhaps not, not as, I mean, they're, they're not being as, I think the term balletic is important here. They, they, they are trying to look like actual guys who are good at fighting rather than mm. superheroes who can bounce around and, 
you know, cartwheel off, off, off the scaffolding and uh, hit two guys with two shots from two separate guns in the eye. Yes, it's each. not quite Matrix <laughs> level of surrealism. It's still a bit, you know, no one, as I say, no one has to reload or no one important has to reload and everyone shrugs off a bullet until they don't. Yeah, I, I, I think it's tr- it's trying to be that that mixture of gritty realism plus here is a here is a thing that is frankly gorgeous to watch. Yes, and sometimes and it works. I, and as a yeah, as I was saying, that that contrast between the the fight in the flat and the brawl in the rain mm. really works. Yeah. Really works well. And then sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, we we are trying to have this whole thing about brotherhood, and also the other brotherhood because Mark is not your brother, but you still love him. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The the plot didn't quite land for me, uh, largely because I was just a little confused as what was going on. By the end, I suppose it, it doesn't really matter. All you need to know is the relationship between the brothers uh, and how it's going. But it, the, the guy yeah. with the horns and tail is the bad guy. <laughs> to, he, he's reasonably subtle to start with, but by the end, he's definitely doing the whole posturing villain thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, as I say, hugely influential. That, that we talked about John Woo's other films, but lots of people imitated this. Th- this was basically what was known as Hong Kong movie for about ten years. Th- this, right, this kind of style. Uh, I I am told that the colloquial Cantonese term for a trench coat is still Brother Mark's coat. So. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right too. Well, I like that. Um. Uh, any other thoughts on it, particularly? It does what it's there to do. It's not mm. trying to be great art. It's trying to it's trying to um, stun you with how different it is, which which is mm. the thing I think we lose a bit now. But it, it still works for me. Uh, I've seen it before, of course, but uh, yes, I, I watched a lot of this sort of thing in, in the nineties. Uh, uh, yeah, it works. Um, okay. I, d- I don't think it's just nostalgia that leads, leads me to enjoy it. Well, so for me, uh, as far as the question, is this a masterpiece or not? Um, it's really hard because frankly, uh, there's a lot of it that doesn't quite, um, uh, I, I think some of the acting is a little shaky. Um, uh, I think the plot is a bit confusing. Um, and the gunplay is not quite as thrilling for me as I thought it was going to be so I think it's as far as is this the apotheosis of the genre no not really it's got to get a lot of points for kind of almost single-handedly creating a genre and I appreciate lots of people uh really love and appreciate this film Uh, I think for me for both those reasons despite how influential it was it's not it's not a masterpiece from my perspective but I, I can see uh, it's it's kind of on the way up to becoming where masterpieces would come out. Yeah, I mean, perhaps, perhaps one could argue that the killer, um, which is also John Woo, uh, also Chow Yun Fat, uh, three years after this, uh, and th- that was a huge success both domestic and international. Um, probably it, th- things are done better there, but th- this was the film that that for, I, I think said, "Here is what I'm going to do." This, this is the passion project film. Mm. Yeah. And may, maybe not everything is, is in its final form, but the passion is absolutely there. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, as I say, this is a film with plenty of heart, and it gets a lot of points for that for me. So... But not hmm. actually masterpiece points, just to clarify. Yeah, I... It's tricky. Um, 
One of the criteria, of course, is the imitation, and this has been hugely imitated both mm, by John yes. Wu and by others. That's so. why I'm a little torn, yes. Um, standing on its own, he's right up to the edge for me. Um, mm. There are bits that work, there are bits that don't work. I mean, it, it would be nice if, if Girlfriend had something to do. Uh, it's not a it's not a chick flick by any, by any means, is it? It, it would but, be nice if Corrupt Cop got even suspected, never mind caught. Uh, <laughs> Uh, It'd be nice if we warmed to Kit a bit more as well, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of the Magnificent Seven, you know, the, the, the young cocky guy. Yeah. I, I think. I, I'd maybe, maybe have, it's um, just Toshiro Mifune in the film. Than, uh, well, maybe, maybe it's just that, that that we're getting old, and we 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 would rather um, sympathise with with the uh, sli- slightly tired, seen it all before, can can do it backwards <laughs> with a ha- with both hands tied behind his back, guy. So I mean, go, brother Mark. That's what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, I well, didn't entirely sympathise with it. I, obviously, I like Ho. I wonder if some amalgam between Ho and Mark yeah, that would have been too cool, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So is, is that a, a no? Do you think, or are you? You're right on the borderline. It, it, it's right on the edge. I, I guess if I if I have to choose one or the other, I'm going to say no. But I'm, I feel pained doing so. Well, if we're if one were filling in the spreadsheet, I I might give you a half rather than a full masterpiece. <laughs> for oh, can for we do instance, that? <laughs> um, I have. Uh, I, I may have set up the spreadsheet to to take that into account. So, but I don't think we can. I don't want to start getting too graded. But you justified it very well. Well, there we are. Thank you, John Woo. Um, yeah. More, please. I, I don't think it's a genre I'll ever particularly love. I mean, I have been recommended many times the John Wick films. I, ju- I just, I don't think I'd enjoy them. Much as Keanu Reeves is a wonderful human being, and I have nothing against him, I just don't think I would enjoy them particularly. I actually did like his performance in The Matrix Four. Uh, go and see that episode. We didn't, we didn't like the film yes. in general, but I, but I do like his acting there. I, I, I think he has. And even in the original Matrix, people were saying, oh, wow, this guy can actually act. He isn't just Bill and Ted. Um, uh, true. And his acting there was, a, wasn't superb. But It's not a stiller performance. But, but yes, he's... What, what you might call modern Keanu Reeves, sort of 2010s, 2020s. Um, he can actually do some really good stuff. And I I have got the John, Woo, John Wick films, I should say, um, queued up when, for when I'm in the right mood. But I haven't been in the right mood yet, so... Yeah, yeah they're all there for the plucking on Amazon Prime for me, and I just haven't quite, <laughs> haven't quite. Maybe I will, but I'm not convinced by a better tomorrow. Uh, but I think sometimes you just to acknowledge uh, maybe this genre is not for me. It didn't actively make me angry like Halloween did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's definitely a win. Um, and I, I can appreciate what, going back to Halloween, I just couldn't see what it was about that film that made everyone think, this is amazing. We need to copy it. That's not true of a better tomorrow. I can see why people would be like, "Wow, yeah, this is a way we should do this sort of thing. Let's mm. lift some of this." Uh, so, I, uh, in many ways, I can I can see that much easier than I can with Halloween. So, perhaps not a complete hit for us, but it, it yeah, it's, it's got something. Exactly. Now we better get back to that to gunfight. <laughs> oh right, yeah. This has all been a um, three-second pause in the action while while we're sitting sitting behind a, bar- a barrel full of petrol that we're using exactly. to cover. <laughs> <laughs> we we had a plot point to resolve. It's fine. I've delivered my plot uh, resolution, and now I will go and step out to the barrage of bullets and see how it goes. Right. Bye. <laughs>